<laughs> Thank you, Christina. Good evening. What's up, everybody? How you doing? What's up, Sunshine? How you doing? Christina, it's good to see you. Man, this is a, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Uh, Gratitude Unfiltered, a nighttime edition. Um, God, just, I really think I like the nighttime show more. Wow. What's up, Lauren Harris? Good to see you, my man. Uh, everybody on Facebook, welcome to Gratitude Unfiltered. I am really stoked to be here. I, I know I just said that, but I want to reemphasize, I am really stoked to, to be here. Um, it's, it's a blessing to do this show. And, you know, it's, it's like, it's one of these things that when I don't do it, you know, sometimes I can get in my head and just go, Hey, you know what? I don't need to do a show. I'm, I'm fine. I don't feel like doing it, whatever. And then when I'm reminded about that the show is not about me. <laughs> it's really not. I mean, it's really not about me because um, it's not always comfortable talking about some of the things that I talk about. But I, it, I, I feel led to do it like it's part of my purpose. And chasing jobs and chasing opportunities that are outside of my purpose have almost become a, as bad of an addiction as battling cocaine or meth or alcohol or sex it, it, it it's because i don't want to surrender to a control over my life to the one that i need to surrender it to and i battle with it I battle and i was flirting with going off the deep end in this battle of trying to get distracted from what i'm supposed to do because I don't, I, I've shared before, I have not monetized this show. I, I don't make money off of this show. It's what I want to do for a living. That's how I want to, like, look, as long as my basic needs are taken care of, I would travel around the world and do this show all the time. That's what I would like want to do. But I also want to be active in the communities and helping people. But, like, I haven't monetized this show. Everything that to be able to make it do some of the things it does and some of the different platforms like there's, you know, you pay to do that. But that's besides the point. It's it's that when I'm not putting 100 percent energy into pursuing what I was called to do, why my life was spared in the first place. Things get crazy for me. I have to be all in with my relationship with God or it my life is very unpredictable very unpredictable screw blaming mental health i'm out i i am outside of blame i can't blame anything or anyone because i'm the freaking i'm the one pulling the trigger now i'm the one i'm the making the decisions instead of being guided i'm making the decisions i'm trying to control something that i really can't control I can surrender to it, you know, and, and so the, the beauty of this 
I'm doing this is that this is part of my purpose and I also love to do it. And so I, in this new quest with gratitude unfiltered to be really ugly sometimes and really to do everything I could. See right now, here's what's happening. I want you guys to understand something. And I, I wanna know Lauren, Sunshine, Mike, Christina, any of you watching, I wanna know this. When you try to bring the light to your shadow life, like it's funny, that shadow's fast. It likes to move. It likes to move around a lot. It likes to hide. And it's like, you're not gonna get me. The show is about putting light on the ugly shit that we don't wanna talk about. The ugly shit I don't wanna talk about. Because that's the only safe place. Everyone that knows that's lived in the shadows, every one of you that's watching or listening right now on TuneIn, on Stitcher, on Spreaker, on Spotify, on iTunes, any of you that are listening on uh, Armed Radio, any of you know that if you've lived in the shadows, the one thing the shadow doesn't like is light. It's where it can get a hold of you and hold you back and keep you from the light, to keep you from a life of freedom, a life of purpose. That's what the shadow doesn't want you to have. The shadow wants to pull you in and tease you with pleasure, tease you with like fake happiness. Pulls you in, delight, and it dances around. And I posted something last night about God speaking through two people. Um, I, I have to say it, and before we introduce our guests, Like Annie Lobert uh, for, from Hookers for Jesus has become a, a friend of mine. She was the first person to call me. Like we had, a, she got a message from God and she talked to me, but I, I didn't know to listen the way I should have listened. Actually, with an open heart, you know, and mind. But I got a call and a message last night um, through somebody that I've raved about over and over and over again, um, Mr. Lauren Harris. God has spoken through him to me a couple times in ways that I cannot even begin to tell you, but I know it's real because I know how Lauren talks <laughs> and, I, and I know what God, how God, God talks through him. And um, I just wanna thank you, Lauren, because I know you're watching from the bottom of my heart because you know, God will talk to you. And sometimes it's through other people. Sometimes it's through like just a random event that happens. But God spoke to me in a big way through Lauren. And it was amazing because it's really, really given me the courage to just go, I, I, I'm fully, I'm all in. I've committed to just fulfilling this. And guess what? If I end up homeless again, so be it. I'm pursuing this and letting it all go. That's all I got. Because every time I try to go down a path of, you know, looking for jobs or starting a job or doing something that is just like off of my path, things get crazy for me fast. It doesn't it just, and I, even when I think it's going right, something, it's always a closed door. And so Lauren, the message I got last night really gave me the courage just to go, screw it. Just go for it. 
because I haven't gone for it yet. And I am now. I'm all in. And I'm inspired by people like Jason Cisneros, who was on the show the other day, um, because he does so many big things like for other people. And he is now going bigger because he wasn't doing enough. He could do more and he knew it. I'm inspired by people like that. I'm also, so I'm also inspired by people that are, you know, just really, I, I love smart people, people that are intellects that, you know, what you'd call book smart. But I'm also with that, I love meeting people with a lot of depth also. And that have been through some rough things in their life because I feel like I can relate. There was a reason why I related more to escorts and prostitutes than I did, you know, somebody I just went to high school with. Like there was a reason, right? And I'm not saying that our next guest is a prostitute at all or he's ever been. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that I relate to people who have been through some stuff, some hard things in their life. <laughs> and, and, and so, and I, even though what I, my experiences and our next guest, her, his experiences are completely different. They're amazing and they're inspiring um, at, at the same way, because I know what he's fighting with every day, just to, to feel, to feel, to feel right. He's got a guy, he's a genius. He's a freaking genius. He's one of the smartest people on the planet. His, his, I can't even understand half the crap he's saying because he's so dadgum smart. He's brilliant. And he's had life experience that you would not believe. It's so inspiring. Yet, behind the curtains, he battles with something. And he talks about it. So I'm not saying anything that's pissing him off, I hope. Um, but he does share this his experiences. His wife has made an appearance on the show and talked from her perspective. Oh man. So I don't know how this is going to go. There's nothing planned. We're just going to have a conversation. And so ladies and gentlemen, the gloves are off. I, I hope there's no kids watching, but ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jason Powell, welcome to the show. Dude, thank you for that, Josh. Thank you. That was awful. Now, see, now I need to feel. I feel like I need to say something highly intelligent. So, what I'm going to start with is, um, I'm going <laughs> to apologize for anyone with smell of vision because I just killed some uh, jalapeno um, olives. So, um, anybody out there with smell of vision, I'm, I'm deeply, I'm deeply apologetic. <laughs> Your voice sounds really good in that microphone. Hey, you like that? <laughs> maybe we wow. need to explore that whole. I could maybe I could do like a. Uh, uh at, you know a stern thing like you know like we get speakers on women and charge money or something like that i don't know you know howard stern did oh. it right oh yeah 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 so drop a little barry white and just go crazy with it man i think that could be a blast <laughs> i'm just playing i'm just playing oh my god we went south fast i know Jason, you have fans oh well i i hope so i mean maybe no, i have like I one or two no, this is good. You've got some fans. People are giving you a shout out. Christina says hello. Jimmy the Ninja. Uh, Sunshine, good oh. to see you guys. Brian, thank you guys for joining. Thank you for radio audience joining. Uh, of course, we're live on Be Live. And we're here with Jason Powell. I, 
it's been fun kind of getting to know you over the years. I mean, we don't talk all the time, but we do interact. It kind of, it always seems like we talk at key points in our life. Yes. And, and like when we did our first show, the whole time I knew, like, we're not even like, we're not scratching anything yet. There were so many <laughs> layers that we could have gone down. And like, I almost felt guilty for the first show. But I think tonight's going to be a little bit different because we both have been, we've exposed ourselves a little bit more to what our lives are like. Uh, we've probably grown a little bit in that process too. Probably even had some troubles along the way, some, some letdowns, some disappointments, some outbursts and whatever. Um, and, and like, so I, I prefer tonight that we just have a really authentic vulnerable conversation and see what happens yeah i mean i'm, yeah, I'm game. game i mean obviously you know running my own podcast i'm gonna get you ready for discussions and such but uh authenticity is key and uh, as you mentioned i mean i've, I've been through a, a load of crap in my life as well as you and pretty much anybody else that's around so um i a i mean however you want to tackle it let's tackle it well, so I want to, I do want to recap something with you. I think it's, it's yeah. fair because, and I got, if I'm pissing Steph off right now, Steph, I'm sorry. But how, when you were watching your wife share everything that she did on the show, how did you feel? Yeah. Um, man, you know, this, I, I don't, I'm going to avoid all the cliches and things of that nature. It's um obviously, you know, she's a special woman. It takes a special individual to, journey through some of the things that I go through and that I deal with, with PTSD and TBI and depression and all of that whole slew of things that comes along with it. Um, we talk a lot, we share a lot. Um, I'd like to say everything, but you know, I mean, everything is everything. That's crazy. <laughs> it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't anything new to me, if that makes sense. And I, I was almost not saddened or not darkened, but more of um, the direction of being proud of her for being able to get there and share that. And I really think the way it came across um, had a, had a solid potential to help a lot of people at least steer them the right direction or give them a, a fresh perspective of somebody who's um, successfully journeying with somebody managing what I, what I manage. Yeah. I, um, I, I can speak, I'm going to speak for Karen. I'm sure Karen will join at some point, but like, it's they need an outlet too. They need to discuss yeah. this stuff because it's not easy. Like choosing to be like for in my for me, like the borderline personality disorder has always been that monster that I've tried to hide. Or actually, it makes me it, it makes me hide. Um, I mean, I have other some other things too, but really, that's that's the area of my life I don't manage as well, and it's really 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 hard to keep that person away. Once he, once he breaks through and gets me my dark passenger, yeah. I can think I get rid of him, but it sneaks back fast. And it's like this yo-yo. Like I, I, I went, I went years without an episode years. And then when it came back, that son of a bitch won't leave. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it's, won't I mean, yeah. And do you know where, and it's, and it gets me and it's it, the exact, it must mean, and I know that our, 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 our belief systems are a little bit different, but like for me, 
I forget this, but I was reminded and it clicked last night. Thank God it clicked. But my Lauren Harris called me and he, I, as you heard me speaking about it, like, I swear to you, it was God talking through him because the message I got was like right in the chest and right in the stomach. And it was basically like the reason why you're under attack is because you're almost there. Yeah. And that I'm it, and Greg Reed has a book called Three Feet from Gold because it's it uh, you know, and that's that's like I guess that's kind of it. Like here I am three feet. Right. Is what it is. And I've gotten so impatient because it's been so many years of failure. And so I'm now that the, the attacks have been stronger by this. And every time I think I get rid of him, I, I don't. But that's that's, you know, Josh, I'll, I mean, being honest, I mean, we're we have a parallel thing going on right now in the sense that, you know, we're both working on trying to deal and manage with social media, which is a beast of its own. You know, the podcast or broadcast or however you want to categorize that we're going through that same deal. So there's mm -hmm. guests and there's growth and there's affirmations and there's hate or there's absence and there, there's such a intricate dynamic sphere around you know what we're both doing and it's um man it's every step closer you get to success inevitably your anxiety is going to increase every step you get closer to success that little piece of hate that you might get or or negative or whatever you want to call it we'll just call it the hate for now yeah um, it affects you incrementally more and more the closer you get to that goal or that next destination or that next hurdle and um, I mean, shit, even me last last night, I had a, a legit deal, legit cancel. Everything was, you know, it wasn't like it was anything crazy. And it messed me up to the point that I was just like, hey, Steph, I'm out. And, and so I told her, I said, I don't want to do anything that's self-destructive. I'm just going to I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do some cardio. I'm going to disappear for a little bit. And um, luckily, I had that support system from her that she was like, good, go, you know, just straight up go. No questions. And um, it wound up being a much better evening for it. So it's, I, I get what you're saying and man, it is the second that dark in quotations kind of jumps in. Um, I, man, it's like it, the cliche of stink on shit. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't go, it doesn't go. You can't just wipe it. You can't just get over it. You can't do things like that. And, uh, it, it feeds directly into depression. It spirals you down and then you just get to a place that you really just simply don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, and it's easier in that moment and more comfortable to not give a shit. Yeah. Because you can go, like for me, and I don't know, like what your your escape, I mean, is it is it really just freaking working out? I mean, I know you're a machine, but is that it? Like for me, I go back to my, <laughs> well, I shouldn't say childhood devices, but some of them. I mean, I go back to, I go back to some things that used to, be under the um, disguise itself is 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 pleasure and joy and you know that that's because that's a comfort blanket for me which is even a darker experience for me. Yeah. Do, what is your thing? Like, is it always just working out? No, absolutely not. You know, so step one for me is um you know I took a few moments, kind of meditated for I don't know 10, 15 minutes. That wasn't really curing it. Then I went into um. You know, I kind of geek out every once in a while. So I started going into some of the research papers and things that I really enjoy in the, you know, just trying to dive deep into that area of things. And that wasn't doing anything. And I'm like, I just can't get this. So I just kind of walked around for a second, tried to just get a different visual of things around, around the house or outside. And, and, um, 
that wasn't doing it. And I'm like, okay, I just need to escape. And then, so it's a complete change of atmosphere when you're in public like that, you know, at a, at a gym, especially if this was early mid evening. So it was packed when you're in a place like that, it's, you're kind of forced to put a mask on for a little while. You can't really walk around with that sourpuss face or trying yeah. to you know, let that negative energy flow because then I'll feel guilty that I'm, I'm putting that on other people. So it, in that situation, it forced me to put a mask on. It forced me to deal with it for that 30 minutes to an hour. One or two people came up to me. They showed me a smile and they're just like, Hey, you know, you're here late. It's good to see you. Anything going on? You know, just that type of interaction. And, and that got me enough out of the funk that I got to a place where I could manage it again. God, that is, so that is the different, man. It's always interesting to talk to people that have different mental health because their triggers are different or their, their, their oh, outlets for release of that trigger or the escape from it. Um, that's interesting. How do you, I, I want to talk to you. I've never talked about this and I don't know if this is going to be a trigger for you, but you can tell me to shut up. <laughs> but like when I'm in those downs, like my, my way of wanting to commit suicide is really not the typical way people do it. It's wanting to like, just really kind of hurt myself to the point that I die. Yeah. That is, and that is the, and I also know what that is. And it's, and that is a, that's extremely rough working through that. Like in, um, and why that's kind of a go-to, like, in other words, when, when, when triggered or when, like I, things go south, the immediate reaction is, you know, if it's a person, push away as far as possible. Yeah. Or if it's not necessarily a person, if it's something internal, then it's, oh, I'm, I'm going to make myself hurt for this. Yeah. And that's, what is you that, know, is that, that, you battle with that, with your, with what you struggle with? I do in a different way. Yours, um, I won't go into all the clinical psychology of it and everything, but, um, well, I mean, but basically yours is it's it. I don't want to compartmentalize it or simplify it, but um, a lot of it's just guilt. It's guilt driven. You feel guilty like you've done in quotations harm to other people. Right. So you're trying to to deal with that, that, yes, you are suicidal, but your way of getting there is you feel like you have to suffer yourself and what you think because it's not reality of what you think you've caused harm to other people. Um, that's kind of the classic portion of, of what you go through. Mine is, um, for a lack of better terms, I'm just done with it. It's done. And it's, um, it's something I want, I want to kind of plug in. And, and this is kind of runs around the psychology areas with, with, uh, people that are suicidal or, or have attempted suicide and things of that nature is when you get depressed, um, what leads you there is that a very common way that depression or severe depression feels is think of your closest three or four family members and then think of them dying by accident that you witness and how you would feel the next morning. That is exactly how severe or bad depression feels that you feel like it's gone. It doesn't matter who's there doesn't matter. It's, it's just a hole. It's just void and you're done with it. You're just over now. How those, like how our perspectives, you're in my perspective are different on how you get to that point of being suicidal or 
what your end goal, but you know, that path is different. It's still the same thing, right? It's still the same type of feeling. It's still the same emptiness. It's still the same darkness. And if, if someone really sits down and thinks about that, wow, my, my closest, my wife and two kids or my husband and kids or my, you know, my partner or a partner and adopted children, you think of that and you think, okay, I just witnessed them die. And the next morning, how am I going to feel? You don't fix that. You know, it's not something you fix. And, um, that's just when people ask like, what does depression feel like? That's just one of those things that kind of runs around the circles that, that tends to help describe that in a pretty successful manner. How do you, like, what do you do? Like, what is the, tell me, talk us, talk us through if you sleep, do you have, I mean, like, do you have a morning routine? Like, what is your routine? Cause I know there's some nights that you don't sleep at all. Um, that's that's but, most nights. <laughs> okay. It's most nights. So what do you yeah. do? Like, I mean, how are you, I know you're, you you, you really get into some heavy research about things, but like what kind of daily practice that you have for self-improvement do you have or do you use? Okay. So, um, I'm lucky if I sleep two and a half, three hours a night, um, any night. And that's across the board, unless I'm sick or ill or on some sort of medication or something for being sick. Um, that's it. So I lay down probably nine hour, eight to nine hours a night. I'm laying down, um, of the whatever, six plus hours that I'm not sleeping, I'm meditating. I'm focused on recovering. I'm focused on healing. And, um, that comes from a lot of my studies throughout my life. And there's heavy research to say, not to say, there's heavy research proving that if you can maintain deep meditation and if you can get into those states, that you actually can control your stress, your cortisol levels, your stress hormones, you can actually recover more and you can get very REM type benefits from that deep meditation. So that's one component where I kind of save myself to where I don't fall into, um, too many times getting the high blood pressure and things of that nature that are, that are directly related to the stress hormones being released throughout the body. If that makes sense. Uh, right. Working out, working out's huge. Um, I do a lot of the, uh, again, where I'm in Texas, so I'm, I'm conflicted on what I can and can't do legally, but on all the CBD, I take CBD to the fullest extent. Um, I have, uh, oils, pills, vape pens, all of that kind of stuff. So I help manage that. Um, Another one that, that I have been using for a little over six months now, I'm going to say it's maybe at least six months is, um, I went to sort of a modified keto diet. People kind of laugh and are like, Oh, keto, how's, how's a diet going to do anything? for You <laughs> You know, right. seriously, people ask that. And I'm just kind of like with all the, I'm, I'm not trying to get into food as bad, but with all the processing and with all the things that we're doing to our foods and refinement and things we create, um, inflammatory responses in our body where those inflammatory responses happen. It kind of depends on person to person. Um, for me, cause I deal a little bit with TBI, um, traumatic brain injury type issues that gets into my brain. So I actually, my brain tissue along with other parts of my body will just have a slight inflammation. Well, that slight inflammation inflammation on your nerves and on your capillaries and on your blood flow and how oxygen gets to your brain and through your body. When you start to constrict those, you, you tend to feel bad. Does that make sense? Yeah. Those are all little things that can, that can lead you down a path to quickly get to those dark places. 
does that kind of make sense? So I'm kind of hitting on a few different components of what I do throughout the day. So heavy yeah. meditation, diet, you know, pressing my body, you know, or as far as, you know, working my body or stressing my body to again, help release things, keep more hormonal balances. Correct. All of those things are important. Wow. Yeah. I'd like to say, I, I would like to say, I wish I could utilize, um, psychotherapy or therapy in a better way. Unfortunately, when you've dealt with psychologists your entire life and you have hundreds of hours of research and, you know, traditional education on it, um, it gets, it gets kind of hard to accept or have any success in that route, if that makes sense. I know a lot yeah. of high-end psychologists kind of piss on that, but that's just kind of the truth is if I can tell you what you're going to do before I even walk into the office and those are the things that you do, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm not sold. I'm not there. I'm not invested into it. I'm not. So, and I'm not on your level in education and the world of psychology, but I was fascinated with my mental makeup from an early age. So I did a lot of research and I wanted, I would like psychology was an a subject that I actually could lock onto in school and pay attention to. Um, and I actually thought that I would go into that field get as you know when i went to college and or it, professionally but when i realized that i had to go to college for so long i was like screw that <laughs> no yeah. way. I have to, you have to read no no not doing that but i've been fascinated with it and for every therapist that i saw or every counselor i went to i knew like i knew what they were going to say i knew what they were going to ask and it became this point where like i didn't trust it anymore and I really didn't trust it after getting put on all of this, these different medications, you know, oh, taking God. six, seven, eight meds. That's insane. It's insanity. I remember a doctor in Boca Raton, Florida, um, convinced me I was schizophrenic and was depressed and all that. So I was put on bipolar medications, schizophrenia meds, like all, this mixture of drugs that I don't, I, no wonder I started using cocaine again. Yeah, like it's it just it's so I don't trust that field at all. It, like I have a real and I'm sorry for any therapist out there, but it, it, I've always struggled with seeing a therapist, too. I, it's never worked for me the way that I hoped it would. And it's, uh, it's so many times when you get put on all those the, those medications, you know, that we'll just say all those medications just to keep the, the laundry list out going to cocaine, going to, um, you know, marijuana, going to any of the stronger drugs is almost a relief away from those medications. Those almost create some level of normalcy, if that makes sense. Right. Almost. And, it, that's well, no, it, for me, it, that was it. It made me feel normal. Yeah. And so it's just, it's just, it's horrible. I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> yeah, slam on the medical community. Right. But there's some common sense type things that are, that'll go. It's like, if somebody comes to me and they're depressed, I'm going to make sure that they're not immediately suicidal. I'm going to fix their diet. I'm going to make them get their heart pumping in some shape, form or fashion. Does that make sense? I'm going to do yeah. some things that I'm going to, I'm going to correct some level of baseline before I'm going to start dumping all of these medications on them because you, you take one medication and then you've got to take a second to deal with the contraindications of that one and the side effects. And this, it just, it gets messy and it's, so rarely successful. Yeah. And it's gotta be, and I'm not, listen, and I'm not condoning 
I want to, I said it made me feel normal, which in my brain at the time, what was normal is not acceptable either. Um, right. it, at all, because no, that was it, it, no, not acceptable. Um, and it's extremely dangerous what I was doing, extremely dangerous. Like I don't take medication now. Um, well, I mean, for any mental health at all, like it, it but like I'm really starting to go, okay, if someone can figure out how to not give me multiple medications yeah. <laughs> or one that's not is going to rob me from my spirit, because for me, if I can't connect to God, which it, like, if I can't get there again, I'm lost. Like I go off a path. I'm I, and, and if, and, and that the only way I can do that is if I'm giving a hundred percent towards my path, my purpose, why I'm doing what I'm doing. The way I do that is obviously feeding my mind with, you know, the things that I need to feed my mind with. But then also in my actions, working to pursue what I was called to do. If I don't do all of that, my life is a train wreck. And well, that is unbelievable, though. It is. You know, and that I, this is kind of I'm jumping in there on this is just it, it pops into my brain. I've been doing boatloads of research on um, all the perimeter things, uh, psilocybin and ayahuasca and um, even, you know, LSD type therapies from the sixties. And I've been researching a ton of that and um, I'm starting to learn through this research and it's clinical studies. It's not, you know, Joe down the streets posting a bunch of crap about he feels better or doesn't or these things, but I'm, I'm starting to learn through clinical studies and clinical trials that, those things are actually do what we want all these other medications to do in short microdosing, no long-term things. There's no, you're on this for six months or six years or any of that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm, it, it's crazy. Cause I think, you know, one of the things I messaged you is I'm, I'm shifting away from the whole conservative type perspective, <laughs> into libertarian perspective. Right. And that's, that's one of the things is I'm just kind of like, why the hell do we have this prohibition on all these drugs, uh, drugs in the sense of, like I was just saying, the psilocybin and all these other things that we know do good when we continuously press and, and shove all these other medications that we know do bad down everybody's throat? I just, I can't wrap my head around it. And uh, that's a this tangent. This with you smart people. You're not willing to go down the wormhole of conspiracy. <laughs> the trillion dollar conspiracy, my friend. Welcome to the big pharma conspiracy. Like, I mean, honestly, if you want to go down that rabbit hole, it's waiting for you online. Although what's scary is this terrifies me. And I want to talk about this that I, that, because it just came up. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many of you out there listening right now know who Alex Jones is from InfoWars. <laughs> poor Alex Jones. Yeah. Oh, poor Alex Jones. And if you're a conspiracy person, you know Alex Jones. And Alex Jones has had all of his content taken off of YouTube, um, Spotify, everything. And that's a big deal for free speech people. Um, oh, he's, yeah. he's crazy. Like, legitimately, he's crazy. But there is a lot of stuff that he talks about that is not so far off. And you can even talk to people that are in Homeland Security. You can talk to people that are like, they'll tell you, like some of this this conspiracy is true. It's, you know, like it's not far off. It's not always 100% true, but it's close enough. And if that's true, what you just said about your, why are they keeping these drugs from us? Why can't, why is LSD illegal? 
Why is why are mushrooms illegal? Because with what you're saying, what the research actually proves is that in one way it heals our brain, but another it, it enlightens us. Right. And we see you how things connect in different ways. Yeah, and you directly you mentioned you, say, you know basically if you don't feel directly connected to God, you don't feel right. Yeah. Okay. And and I know our our you know theological and religious perspectives are different, but really they're not, but they are. And and I don't want right. to get into that the six hour explanation. <laughs> That's, but, we don't need to go down that wormhole. But right. I mean, right. But it, 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 it's the same, it's, but it's not. But it's it is, but it's not. Right. And if it's, you know, I don't care if it's Muhammad, if it's God, if it's Jesus, if it's, and it, all of that's irrelevant. If you can take, eat a bit of a boiled mushroom, this is retarded, but whatever, you eat a little piece of a boiled mushroom and for 20, 30 minutes, you feel more directly connected to whatever it is that you pray to or meditate to or believe in. And you come out of that and there's no negative health side effects of that other than maybe you get some munchies um what yeah. just happened you just had a micro dose of something that made you feel actually feel connected to whatever it is that you're praying to so you would feel directly connected to god in a way that you didn't or couldn't 20 minutes before that yeah so now you're in a much healthier psychological place which means every decision you make from then on is going to be a better decision than before those 20 minutes. Yeah. So, uh, hello, what the hell? And my whole thing is like big pharma conspiracies. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Let the pharmacies grow all the mushrooms and develop all this stuff and sell it to us for a few hundred dollars a, a dose or whatever it is. Let them make their money doing it. Let's just shift away from all these you know, chemicals and this other kind of BS that we're shoving into our system. So does that make sense? Yeah, I would like to know that the stuff I was getting was 100% organic and pure. Right. And I'm an advocate. And I and I know about those studies. I don't know every one that you've read, but I mean, I've read several. I read all of those studies, but I read all the fun bullet points that I, you know, wanted to inform myself with. Um, but I believe in it. I believe it, like when the, using MDMA therapy for couples. Mm -hmm. I totally get it. I totally yeah. get how that makes you feel and how it opens your mind and you're more accepting and you're willing to listen and you're willing to be patient. All the things that I'm not like, I get the allure of that. It's when you start mixing it with heroin and you know, right. all the dirty stuff that it becomes a problem. So if you were like, if we were truthful, if we were honest about what our medications do, whether they're from a plant or whatever, if we could be honest and transparent, you would see a massive shift in what's allowed and what's not. Right. Cancer drugs I, would not look the way they look now. No, they probably wouldn't even exist. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> oh, my Lord. It's just, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, again, I don't, I'm going to be careful not to drive down the rabbit hole of, of the, the shortcomings of our medical community. But um, I think that's a big problem in our medical community and in our in our mass food production community i think is the is a major contributor to the psychological well-being of our of our world i'll say our country but of our you know of our world and um we gotta we gotta fix that man we gotta fix that hold, big time part, hold on jimmy hold on this is appropriate partying and truth seeking are two different paths yet sometimes partying leads to one <laughs> well, that's I mean, hey jimmy that's true you know what i mean but it is 
you know, sometimes partying can be bad, but sometimes part partying and quotations again for the people not watching, <laughs> listening, um, it, it, sometimes it gets you to experiment in something. And, and sometimes when you experiment, you don't quite go over the top of partying. You actually take a micro dose and you have this experience that you become more enlightened, you become more alert and observant and all of the things that you just listed off. Yeah. And the thing is too, like in the States, I can tell you I've microdosed. I've microdosed for two weeks mm. and it was extremely healing, it, but it's something you have to keep doing. It, it, like it's something you have to keep doing. I, I, it's, I think that you have to keep it on regular rotation because it would yeah. be just like a supplement or something like that. But it was a really profound experience for me. And at the same time, I was so aware of everything I put in my body that's when I was like, oh, okay, well, intermittent fasting is a way to, the, this, this is on point. And that, that dead cow I'm about to eat is probably, I don't think that that's the best choice for me. And like, and everything was like, I was conscious of my choices. Yeah. And that's something that I, that's another thing I struggle with. I want to talk about. I sometimes struggle with making good choices to the point where I'm, it's like, I'm not even aware that I'm making the choices that I'm making. Like I'm so out, disconnected for my body that it like, and again, and it's, it's when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, but when I'm so disconnected, it's like I'm on autopilot and decisions are just being made, whether I have anything to do with them or not. I know I do, but I don't and like, I, it's not like I'm in my body. It's like, I'm watching myself do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like as, as I, like as just a bystander, it's freaking crazy. I can just, I'll, I, I just need a think full-time babysitter. I know this. I really do. I'm I'll tell you, I, I believe that exactly because so many, I mean, I do it myself and we all get guilty of it, but I think that's just a product of what we go through in this country. Everything is convenient. Everything is easy. Everything is there. And there's, there's some great things on that. I don't want to say that we need to go back to making everything difficult for ourselves. Right. But I think we tend to not appreciate our physical wellness because it's instantly, I got a cough. What do you do? Take a drug. Oh, I don't feel right. What do you do? Take a drug. Oh, my finger hurts. Take a drug. Oh, I've got the sniffles. Take a drug. Everything is this. We're, we keep continuously treat things with drugs and these external deals that we don't really know what they are. And so we're looking for these external fixes. Yeah. And, um, I think inevitably when you do that and you don't let the body go through its natural process of trying to fight the drippy nose or trying to deal with the little cut on your finger or the headache and all this other stuff, we tend to devalue our physical well-being more. And I don't have any science on that. So, so don't start trying to quote other things, but that's just my personal perspective on it. Nice. How much, Teresa, what do you mean? How much are you paying? Oh, and radio audience really quick. Um, if you're listening right now on the radio or the podcast, you can always join us over at facebook.com slash gratitude unfiltered. You can join in the conversation. Um, it's kind of funny. So we have a parallel universe of sorts that came together, meaning in I knew your wife before I met you. Right. And, and she knew me when I was, well, I was pretty crazy. I got a little bit crazier. Um, but we know each other from different worlds, right? And so now all of our worlds have kind of collided. So some of the other people that are on here actually are from Steph and I's previous world, like Jim uh, the Ninja. Okay. So it's always yeah. good to see Jimmy the Ninja. Love him. <laughs> um, but Teresa, it's good to see you. Brian, uh, Steph, <laughs> welcome to the show. Jeanette, good to see you. Bonnie. 
thank you guys so much for joining. I love all your questions and it's fun seeing your comments here too. And if you have questions for Jason or I, feel free to ask them. Um, but anyway, so I, I was really inspired. I want to kind of go back to, I think I want to go back to this direction. Um, but when your wife is on and asked you how that, you know, how that made you feel, I felt the same experience from, for Karen when, you know, she, I finally started talking about some of our, the, our past things and things that she's had to keep secret. And, and especially with like why, you know, two of the times I went to jail or for domestic issues and having to like, like I'm anxious for her to get a platform to start discussing what life is like. Like, I, I, I hope that she gets the courage to be able to, to talk. And I know that she has a heart for helping people. And she also has a heart for helping people show people how we have worked through it and have gotten to where we are now. Like we're, our relationship's better than it's ever been. And we're communicating, like we have this very transparent, open relationship and we're doing great, like really, really great. But at the same time, putting up with the issues that I bring into the relationship, you know, it's a it's an interesting dynamic. And I, I, I love that, the, you know, that she, um, I'm hoping that she gets an outlet because it, I know it's helped Steph. And frankly, I think it's kind of like most of our, most of their friends have to think they're crazy. Well, okay. So I'm going to jump in on this. This is okay. what I think, it, I, you know, use your friend, use Karen, use Steph, use anybody. And it, a couple of points before you get into it is you have to remember that our world and our society has the memory of an ant. They can't remember anything past 48 hours. Okay. It's, there's too much information. There's too many things flying. So just kind of take that bit of information and put it to the side now. Right. Then our technology that we have available to us today through, you know, through the little phone and the little microphones and this thing that I've got, you know, in my ear right now and all of these things. What do you have in you your can, ear? Well, these though, just the little, just the little earbuds. Oh, I yeah. So you don't get, so I don't get the feedback of you through the mic, but it's all of this is there. It all comes with like, who doesn't have a smartphone? We all got it. Right. You can connect for free in quotation marks because obviously you have to have a plan, but you go down to the local store and connect to Wi-Fi for free and you can vlog. You can, you can sit there. You can put a book up in front of you. Nobody can see you. You can have your little earpiece with the microphone on it and you can sit there and you can vlog. You can talk. You can tell your story. You can connect to people just like what you're doing right now. Be live is free. It's free. There's a free option for it, right? So get there and try it. Does that make sense? If you start touching people, I mean, they they have price plans for other things, but you got free trials. You know, so yeah. all these. Oh yeah, of course, of course. And um, and and so get there, try it, say it, commit to doing it for seven consecutive days. For seven days, I'm going to do this for somewhere between one and thirty minutes. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to do it. Throw a couple hashtags on it, and then. If it gets some traction, you know, you've got something right. And when I say get some traction after a week, five, 10, maybe 15 people are interested. You know what I'm saying? I mean, don't right. think you're going to go and start hitting a million views in seven days. That doesn't happen, but try it. And if you feel, if you don't like it and you feel funny about it and you do all those other things, all you got to do is you right click delete or hold it down on your phone and click delete and it's gone forever. And who gives a crap? Because in 48 hours, nobody's going to remember. Yeah, and, uh, and it's, 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 
it's important for everyone to have a, 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 a voice. You're absolutely right. Right. Keep saying, keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, no. That I mean, that was really. I mean, it's just it's so easy, and there's just so many tools out there, and so many things available. You just, I mean, podcasts and all these things like um, to plug an app, Anchor app, which um, yeah. it's on you know all the iTunes and or I mean uh, Apple Apple Store and um, Google Play and all of it, you know Windows Store and everything. It's free. You can have a constant intro. You can edit it. You can do all this stuff. You just sit there and talk straight into your phone, and it goes out to the world. I mean, it's just there's so many tools available that it's just I I hate to hear. And I don't know anything about Karen's situation. If that makes sense, I'm not trying. Don't think any of this is negative on on her whatsoever. But is Karen or Kathy? Karen. Karen. Okay. Who's Kathy? But um, I don't know. I I just you know, Kathy I, Bates. I think, yeah. <laughs> But I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I hate to hear things like this person needs to to reach out more. This person needs to communicate more. This person needs to they have a good story. They need to get it out. I'm like, crap, you just get it out. Just do it. You know, there's so many ways and there's so many things to do. And it's just like when I'll just say when I sit here and do do my podcast and I'm next to somebody and it could have nothing to do with anything. It's so therapeutic. I don't even have words for it. It really, really is. Yeah. And it's and that's why it's so like in, encouraging people to have an outlet and a voice, whether it's starting a podcast or just doing a live, whatever. Like it, it's amazing. And I remember how scared I was to do it. Like, what well, I have nothing to say. Like, what, what do I have to say? Right. And, and 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 because I wasn't willing to just go do lives, like if I would not have done that, thank God for my 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 friend um, Todd Beats was the one that planted the seed, and then I had Lauren Harris basically nail like he 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 said something to me that triggered. No, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do, and started doing daily lives with the gratitude, and that morphed into a show, which then got me to where I was actually. Hey, wait a second! This is what I used to dream about as a kid. This is what I envisioned every time I would hit the wall or I'd hit the ground, and you know, like I'd be down and out. I would get this vision of what my life would be like if I get up and just start doing what I'm supposed to do. And that would have never happened without that. But golly, it, even if it starts, like if you're somebody out there has something to say and you all do, like no matter how silly it is, like, well, my stuff's not as bad as they're, you don't, it doesn't matter. Like my, the things that I talk about are the thing that Jason talks about on his show are not easily digestible. Not everybody wants to listen to it. Not everybody does. It's uncomfortable sometimes. But maybe your story about how you got over a divorce or how you got over a breakup or how you got over of losing a child or how you, uh, you you're you're with somebody that is a um, you know that is an addict. Whatever, just getting on talking about it. Somebody needs to hear it from you, and it doesn't matter if someone has the same message. Sometimes the person delivering the message is the not not the right person for them. So it's from you, like you watching right now, you listening right now, it's from you like that they need to hear it from. So that's why you got to talk. And I have been the consequence of everything that I'm advising you to do. I've been the consequence of what has happened when you don't, when you oh, don't have too. a voice. Yeah. We all, Josh, we all are, man. We, we are it, all guilty of that. We all are. Yes. But it's important that you should not hold back your truth. Yeah. You should not suppress your truth because a lot of people do it 
because it's so convenient and we've made it somehow so easy because and but and in doing that that's when we start going oh i don't want to feel that pain and then that's when we go look to mask other other ways exactly and you know and um steph made a good point which was which was um reiterated by a couple of people following that not everybody has an easy time getting on and, and talking about things that are that dark or that difficult i'm going to paraphrase a little bit but that are deep and dark and difficult about themselves or their relationships or what they're going through and um totally understandable um every format every video format may not be the right way the audio format may not be the right way but maybe write it out maybe create a blog you know and and maybe there's just there's ways to get that out and um which is almost always therapeutic i would say always but i'm sure there's a tenth of a percent somewhere that it's not but there's there is always, always. a way to get it out <laughs> does that make sense and so you know to try it and that's kind of the whole thing is just just get doing it and um in in light of that things that are difficult as i've been trying i've been working with myself to to find a way to sort of put this out there into the public and um so i'm going to kind of use your show to do it i messaged it in in one of our threads before is that um yes i i deal with struggle with manage um ptsd and tbi which also encompasses depression and a whole slew of other things and a, a hard summer is always hard for me um as a whole just a real quick backstory on that summer is always difficult for me summer is the the anniversary of many of the people who in my life that that have died um through suicide or through murder or through those types of things so you know all of july and august basically june july august basically just suck and that's every year so you know a few weeks ago um i hit a low and i recognized it and as you know josh from follow me some is personal accountability is above all you know i'm always about accountability and i don't there's no excuses you're always accountable for your own things and things that i'm always preaching those types of things um i got to a point that i i felt like i was truly suicidal so i was like hell no i got i got on the phone i started messaging people and um me being the person i am i sold all my firearms and you know that's a huge portion of my life and i was just kind of like i'm not going to be you know, one of my friends that had committed suicide, I'm not going to be that person to leave people. I'm not going to be that person to potentially harm somebody else. And I knew I was in that state and I'm like, this is what I have to do. And it wasn't easy. It was, you know, there's some special, you know, special pieces. You have things of that nature that I have. And, you know, I'm a huge second amendment advocate and I'm all about gun rights and all those things, but I'm also all about responsible gun ownership. And I'm not saying I'm not going to own more firearms or those things aren't in my future. I just got to that point that I was like, safety first, accountability first. I've recognized the problem. It's up to me, myself as an individual to correct that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, yeah. so I took that step and, and um, you know, I'm not going to say it feels good. It feels good in the sense that I know I took a right step. But it absolutely doesn't feel good from other components, you know, losing some material things, you know, from the financial aspect of it and things of that nature, you know, don't necessarily make you happy, but for the things that matter, it was the right decision. It was good, but not easy. Yeah, for sure. Man, what got you, what pulled you through this time? Um, 
I'd like to say I'm through it, but that might be over overstating that just a little bit. You know, um, it's just uh, taking, I'll, I'll say it like this, taking a step like that, as difficult as it was, probably was the help. And not even to the point of saying, oh, I, I got rid of my firearms. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. It, it's not that, that, that those are gone because obviously anyone who's suicidal, you don't need a firearm to commit suicide. Let's be real, right? I mean, that would be ignorant it wasn't that but it was the fact that i i took that type of a step when i was in that place that i know that even in one of the darkest places i've been in my life i still took care of some of the tenants that i was raised on i did the right thing i was you know reducing reducing effectively reducing the suffering of others without increasing my own suffering i was reducing it for everybody reducing the potential suffering for everybody I was, I had other people in my mind. Other people were the important thing sort of over me. And that gets convoluted because I do think you have to take care of yourself first, which in that instance I was, I was saying I'm creating a safer place for me so that now I can be who I need to be for other people potentially as I get through it. And I'm not there yet, but I think that was a big, that was a big step for it. Yeah. I, and it's sometimes I remember another thing that Lauren said to me last night, you know, you have to celebrate those small victories. Right. And what are, what are those victories? What are those victories? Like, they don't always have to be huge. Like the goals that we set, maybe we set daily goals for ourselves. And like, for me, reminding myself that I am doing good. I am doing something right. When it feels like nothing's happening, if I really kind of like maybe narrow the microscope a little bit, mm-hmm. they go, oh, wait a second. These are things I should be proud of and start using that to feel good to keep me on the path because I do allow myself to go, but I haven't done this yet. I haven't, you know, um, I, I, yeah, that is, so everything, man, I just, I'm so fascinated with what, and I don't know why it is you of all people. And maybe it's just because I know Steph, I knew Steph first, but like, I'm just so fascinated with the daily life, the not sleeping, the, you're meditating, the, how hard you work, and and it really feels like, dude, just from like when I first met you to now, like even though you have your struggling, you have your struggles still, you're still you've kind of grown to the point where you're making like new strides of progress towards recovering or and getting better, even though you do have a step back. But you still like it. I can see your progress. Am I am I wrong? No, you're there. I mean, as with anything in life, there's there's you know, ebbs and flows and, and things of that nature. So, I mean, you're going to have good days, bad days and, and things, you know, so yes, I'm still cycling. I still have those things going on, but, um, for that visual, it is a sawtooth in the up direction. Does that make sense? So the, the mean is growth. Yeah, 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 yeah. The mean is all those things. And, and that's, um, you know, yeah. So, I mean, absolutely, man. So I have a, I have a, um, possibly an awkward, compliment to you if this if this makes sense i was just thinking of this right now <laughs> i can deal with that yeah so i was i was talking to steph about this the other day and i was like you know what <laughs> because you disappeared for a little while with the morning gratitude right and that yeah. was the kind of the part of the conversation you came back with the unfiltered part and i was like you know what when, when josh was doing that i was like that was cool i think that was good for him but i think that in quotation i'm saying this in quotations that was the manic josh I was like, he was doing that because he thought he, like he was, yes, driven to do it. But that format, I was like, that format wasn't him. I was like, <laughs> he, he was, he was 
trying to be something that maybe wasn't completely authentic to him. And then you started doing the unfiltered one, this, and I was like, okay, now I feel a little bit better. I think this, now he's on the right path now. Does that make sense? I think they need oh. to coexist. Are you going? Okay. Now we get to talk about this. Okay, fine. That's great. And I, that is a compliment. But that I have, I shared at the very beginning of the show. I had not seen my dark passenger in over three years since the six, like six time in jail, had my little moment. I had my moment with God and my life looked a lot different for three years. Lots of failures, lots of still hardship, still struggling to get by. But spiritually, like I was in line. It was, I felt invincible and like I, it didn't feel like anything. Like I, did, I totally forgot that this other side of me existed, mm -hmm. or or I would shoo it away strong enough that it never got a hold or a latch on me that anyone could see. But when it took me out and I quit doing the show, I'm like, I can't come back and act like everything's okay because right. <laughs> everything is definitely not okay. And, and, and then it still took some time to like go, okay, I'm going to do a show. And then I would disappear, do a show. And they got inconsistent and even battling back. I, that's what I'm saying. Like that. I keep putting it, I'm doing the show to shine a light on my shadow. <laughs> and that son of a bitch keeps dancing around. Like he won't, it won't go away. And, but I really, really, I, like, I want the show. I, and I also knew like I was really, really censoring myself. Like I'm a man of faith, but sometimes there's things that come out of my mouth that would make you scratch your head going, I don't know. I'm not really sure. And sometimes it has to do with either the demon that takes over me or whether it's just I'm in a really bad mood and I'm angry yeah. because my, my dark passenger and anger actually don't like they're not the same thing. Like when I'm fueled with rage, eh, it's different than the dark passenger. Completely different right. thing. It, it, both of them suck. But the fact is, like, I needed to be real about this and actually go, I'm not really great. Let me be another, say another thing. I'm not grateful, right, to be honest with you, when it comes down to it. The whole point of Gratitude Unfiltered is to make me become grateful for the this thing that I deal with. Like, I want to be grateful for it because I want to talk about it to the point that it empowers other people to discuss it, to go get help. Um, and then maybe, maybe there's going to be a, the right kind of therapy that will work for us one day that it actually helps us, you know, cause I do want to get help. I would rather not deal with it, but I'm going to talk about it because if it gets other people to talk about it, then that gives them the opportunity to get help. So they would quit living out of the shadows too, because here's the thing, unlike ADHD or bipolar disorder, the thing about the, 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 borderline personality disorder it's a very manic freakish thing where it's off the hinges and without caring it's reckless yeah, it's yeah. reckless it's dangerous it's not fun and it's not fun for the people that are in my life so exactly i if i can't talk about that then i'm being an inauthentic boob and here's the thing about me that people will figure out real quick i don't do a very good job of hiding like if I'm if I'm being inauthentic, it shows. It really, really shows, big time. I can't do it. I'm not good at that, and and, and eventually it's going to slip anyway. So I might as well talk about it. 
And if my only skill in this world is being able to talk behind a microphone about the, 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 my crap and it helps people, then you know what? I can accept that because for some reason I have the courage to do it and it's not always fun. And like when I leave like the microphone and go out in public, I'm like, I wonder if they heard the show today. I don't even know. Like sometimes it's a little uncomfortable, like, oh, maybe I don't want to be noticed. <laughs> it's like, and I, and I know no, I've yeah, my dream is to be um, like, I want to be, a, I want to, I want to have a syndicated show like all over, all over the world. I know this Facebook, but I'm talking syndicated, like millions of people. Yeah. Because yeah. that's a personal goal in this. But I honestly am pushing it the way I'm doing it to the point that it's caused me a lot of financial distress. A lot of people don't want to hire me because of what I talk about here. But this is what I feel led to do. And it's the only freaking thing that gives me any peace at all, even if it's maddening sometimes. Right. But that's kind of the point is that you need to use these platforms to express what you need to express. And if, yeah. if these 800 people aren't going to hire you for something, those five might. And so that's the, that's your, that's your customer base. Well, they're going to find you because of what you're doing. Does that make sense? Who gives a crap? Like, I mean, I know that I could get up and I could speak in front of thousands of people. I can speak one-to-one. -one, I can do live crap. I can do recordings. Yes. I know I can do all those things. And, um, I know a good percentage of the population doesn't want me to do that because of the massive level of hate that I have out there on social media against me for some reason or another. And I, I still don't fully understand really? that. I didn't but, know that. <laughs> oh, I, I think most of it derives from the fitness industry because I was, you know, drug free and the natural athlete. And, you know, you, you just derive a lot of hate from that because I was pretty outspoken about it, but it's, it's out there, but you have to remember there's roughly 3 billion people that are, that are quality in a quality way connected to this, to right. YouTube, to smartphones, to all these, you know? And so, I mean, basically half of the world's population is connected and you're going to be able to reach probably about 90% of those because we have some that have blocks like China and things like that, that not everything gets through. So you're, you have direct have access. Yes. <laughs> I want to be huge. And never mind. Yeah, you may not be huge in China. I don't know. That might be one that we have an obstacle on, but you're doing it, you know, and, and that's kind of one of the, one of the greatest pieces of advice that I ever got on anything with the podcast related. And this was years ago. And it's even as current as today is you have to do what you feel comfortable with doing in the way you want to do it. So it's authentic and in time it will work. Does that make sense? And oh, I, I believe that. Yeah. You can't force it. I mean, you can't shove it down people's throats. You can't do those things. And it's, um, I, I'll be very happy to monetize things like my podcast in the short term, because, you know, I'm, I'm right on that cusp of being able to do it, um, get the emails and all that stuff from Google and YouTube and everything. So I'm right there, but I, I'm, I'm kind of counter you. I don't know if I want that whole syndicated thing because the second you get into that syndicated side of things, you lose control. You always lose control. You get time constraints, you get word constraints. You can't say this word or that word or this guest or that guest and tone this down or bring this up. And I'm like, well, if what made me successful was X, Y, Z, and you want me to be, you know, Q and L, well, shit, that's not going to work. You know, I need to do what's right. Does that make sense? So I'm, I'm, 
the reason I'm, yeah. I went through that story is I think maybe chasing syndication might not be the best thing for you. You know what? You're probably right. I want to ask you about something. What do you think about that TV network deal? Honestly, let's talk about it. Because I, I mean, it seems it seems cool. It's like it it's seems hard. just to be distributed and still own your own your content like that. What do you think about that? So this take take money and take any kind of take all that stuff and throw it out, right? Because right. inevitably you're going to spend that money either through marketing and advertising your own stuff or through somebody else and exactly all that kind of stuff. So throw that all to the side because all that's going to be a wash at the end of the day. Um, the the one thing that makes me question the most is all the demographics and all the studies and all the trends point away from TV, and they point they point to things that are televised that people will watch are going to be these massively overproduced things like you know, um, dancing with the stars and things of that nature. So overproduced. Um, oh yeah. God. Sports. And then, yeah, sports and news. America's greatest three, talent or whatever. Oh God. Yeah. So those, those three avenues will always be big and those will always be on television in some shape or form, right? Even if they're streamed and things of that nature, everything else is trending on what we're doing right now. It's YouTube, it's podcast, Facebook live, Instagram live, all of those things those are, that's the new TV. So for me to consider connecting to a television network is I'm like, I just don't see it. I can, I can get the same thing from YouTube or I can get the same thing from, you know, streaming here or there by dumping advertising dollars. And then I control the whole deal. I'm not passing earnings off. I'm not passing savings off. I control the monetization. I control all of it in that sense, which makes me feel good. Now that's not everybody. Does that make yeah. sense? I don't want to be like, that's the best way. It's for me, that's how I feel. But again, that's not the perfect for everybody. No, it makes sense. And really, here's the deal. Like, because I, I've been trying to figure out how, because I don't like, I I want to be able to do this to monitor it to, because I wanted to be able to afford me the ability to travel the world, I want to do the show because I want to meet with different, like I want to meet with different people and have them share their story all over the world, like in every language. Yeah. And like I want to, I want to meet, like I really want to start meeting like with world leaders and like I like or people and people that are actually really, really making change in the world. Like I want it, but I want to have the diversity of being able to travel and yeah. figuring out how to get gain the the finances to do that. My thought was with that network by going to, you know, five being distributed to five million different screens, that that would make it easier to get sponsors. That would make me it would be easier for me to go, okay, then now I'm gonna go shoot a pilot for the show that I wanna do and yeah. then pitch it to a net like a network or somebody that would want to sponsor the show that we could get crazy creative with the distribution. And here's the thing. I don't think ABC is the future. I don't think NBC is the future. I'm not talking about that, but like a major streaming network, like Amazon, you could get away with, you know, I think speaking freely Hulu, yeah. you could get it. You could get around, you know, if, I, I think that like, I know E360 is trying to build a platform, but who knows what's happening with that. Yeah. And then there's also the same, the thought of going, well, if I can get the funding for the show to do it, I could just build out the platform or create my own way of di distributing it. Like that's possible. They have the platforms already. You can buy a channel. You could yeah. produce it and promote it because every radio host 
that you know, they pay for their own advertising. They pay for those yeah. billboards. That that comes out of their pocket, pocket, not the station. Like if See, you want to get big and syndicated, that is on you. Like you create that. So there's gonna, that truth too. I'm going to put on my pseudo consulting hat here for you for a second and try to help you out through Let's this. Let's do part. it. And so this may make a good outtake for you later if, if you download it. It may make a good comedy skit. So I'm not sure <laughs> one of those. But um, it, this is this is kind of the, a, a way for, I think, you to take step one, one of many ways for you to take steps towards accomplishing that goal. Um, one, start start very local, say for the next 30 days, I'm going to try to get 10 local um, world changers on, be it a, a, you know, a politician who's got a good message. I don't care what party they're with. They could be with the non-party who yeah, gives a shit if they've got a good message. Right. But you can reach out like, so for example, um, it looks like next week I'm going to have, um, I'll, I'll leave all the names to the side, but the, the head libertarian candidate for the state of Texas, who's going against, um, uh, dang it. <laughs> Cut <No> that out. <laughs> um, I'm trying to be like, no names. He's one of the top guys in the libertarian party here in Texas. Okay. So I'm going to have him on and I'm going to talk to him for a little while and do stuff like that. So all the only, the way I did that is I contacted the state of Texas libertarian party. And I was like, Hey, I got this, I got this deal. I got this podcast. I want to talk to some people you know, do you have anybody in Houston area? Because they need to be able to come to me. I'm not driving anywhere. And I was kind of an ass about the whole thing, if that makes sense. I was like, I'm going to be difficult. They got to come here. I know they're a politician. It's an election year. Who gives a shit? They got to come here. So you got anybody? And, um, and, uh, oh yeah, Ted Cruz. Sorry. It was, is who he's going up against. Um, oh, I'm rooting for him now. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it's good guy. He's a serial entrepreneur, venture cap, venture capitalist. So he's he's in things. He's given money. He's a donator. He's all this kind of things. So that's what I'm saying is you could do there. You just start contacting the local parties and find somebody who's worth a crap and bring them on, and say next 30 days you're going to get 10 people on that are game changers. It can be a musician. It can be a, a traditional artist. It can be a politician. It can be a venture capitalist. It can yeah, whatever. Pick pick a, a philanthropist, whoever, and just start reaching out to them. So, you know, you've got to, you've, you need 10 of them over the deal. So you need to hit, this is going to sound crazy, but 20 or 30 messages a day to each one group of those people. So get yeah. them for those 30 days. Okay. So now you've got a good feel on how these people act, how they react and things of that nature. Then take that two, three, four, six thousand $6,000 that you were going to spend on that network, whatever platform, you know, does that make sense? You're going to do right. take that. And then, um, buy some travel food, fill your gas tank up, throw your gear in the car and start traveling to meet people. So then you have this whole concept of something to follow is you're going to say, whatever, 25 game changers in 60 days because you're driving all over the whole freaking country. Yeah. Right. Who gives a crap? Sleep out of the car, wash off at truck stops. Who gives a sh like really who cares at the end of the day? Nobody knows any of that kind of stuff, but document, document the, the path Every time you get to a stop, you can upload stuff on free Wi-Fi. You don't have to kill your data. And and just as you're going through it, start calling ahead and, and making these phone calls and these emails and stuff like that. And you just need one person and 25 of the 50 states and uh, or 25 of the 48 contiguous states and just start making a path. And then, bam, now you've got your deal. you got people following you. You've got a, an agenda to it. You've, you're documenting stuff daily through Instagram and Facebook and all this other 
there's your show. There's your show. You're done. You win at the end of it. So, okay. I'm all for that. And that, and I actually love that because that is in line with what I really want to create. And the other part that I want to create for the show is have a live studio audience. Like I really want to have an audience at, when I do it. Like that's part of the, the goal because I love anyone who's watched the show. I like talking to the audience. I like, I so like to interact the, with the guest. So, so here's the, the thing. Um, call the middle range universities and put it to the student body. Get in touch with those social clubs and let them do the work for you. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love this idea. So I don't have a car. I have been driven um, since, but here's the thing. I kid you not. This is what you do is you, I create, okay. A pitch deck is going to create a pitch deck. This is a, this is how you get sponsors. I know how to get, I know how to do this. This is what I do for other people. Why can't I do this for myself? There you go. Oh my gosh. And that's pitching an idea. I would have to be the proof of the con the proof of concept is actually here, except I don't have a studio audience, but I know how I can get one to shoot it to be able to prove to have a proof of concept to be able to showcase, to be able to show sponsors that they could sponsor the show, thus giving me the funds to go on this tour. Yep. Oh my gosh. Jason, that was fun. I'll send you the bill for eight grand later, but don't worry about that. <laughs> no, you said first sponsor of the show. Oh, no. <laughs> thanks. Okay. <laughs> hey, man, you gave me the advice. I didn't. I didn't ask for it. No, no but I'm, I'm telling you. But that's the you know that's um a a way. There's many ways to do it, but one way to accomplish me. everything you want to accomplish without having to dig deep in your own pockets or kill yourself on it or chase you know overfund this and things of that nature do it man I, wait a second wait a second i know how to do this first of all i have i have a, um i have the presence club status with hertz and they give yeah. you really nice discounts for weekly rentals who says i have to do it like all in one swoop Oh, no way. I can make this work. Okay. Because I can just do it in a rental car, just going place to place. That's not a big deal. I don't need my yeah. own car for that because I really don't want to own a car again. Yeah. Uh, okay. But we could still put together, I could still put together a pitch deck. I could do this. And it would just have to be very targeted in who I'm going to interview and in setting up that student audience thing. So I like that idea a lot. Well, and you could always, you know, as an undertone story to your deal is, Use public transportation. Use buses. Use Greyhound. Use That's Megabus. Use all those types of things. To do it. And then they may even wind up sponsoring you because you're gonna, you know, you're gonna wind up promoting the hell out of their whole deal. So you tour the country on bus. I like, you know, what I really do enjoy the train. Yeah, the train, the bus, all of that. And then in in the interim, while you're sitting on the bus or sitting on the train, you got plenty of time to edit. You got plenty of time to do sound bites and to clip and to do all this other kind of stuff that you have to do. So you're building in all your editing and work time. Yeah, I, I'm gonna that would be a good idea to learn how to do that. Yeah. And you know how many universities, if you start getting in touch with the the clubs and the student body and and things of that nature, they would love to put stuff like that together for you. They need projects. They, they part of the part of their grade is putting projects and stuff like that together. So get on it. You know that's just one of those things that it takes time and it takes time, but that's really about it. 
well i have a lot of time dude i don't have a job <laughs> so there you go so there's your job i just gave you a job for the next 45 That's days what I've been writing. <laughs> i i'm i'm good i'm getting this book finished but then i can write this up and 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 and, and make this happen holy yeah. crap it's 720 dude i gotta oh. do i'm i'm doing someone else's show in 10 minutes uh oh you better roll Dude, we have to do this again. This was fantastic. And and audience, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for that advice, but thank you for just coming on and being like vulnerable and talking and speaking freely. And this was kind of very Seinfeld of this show that we just kind of went all over the place. And and I hopefully I, I think it made sense. Well, that's that's how I like to do it. So I'm good. I'm happy. All right. Well, I enjoyed it, man. And um, I love you, brother. Uh, tell Steph I said hello. Thank you so much for coming on, man. But we have to do it, this again, like in two weeks, if you want. You got it. You just hey, you just hit me, man. So Bye, big brother. love and, and uh, get on those forty-five days of travel quick, man. I, I love it. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> See you, buddy. Right. Thank you. All right, take care, brother. Bye. Okay, guys, thank you so much. If you have not, if you if you missed this, if you just now joined the show, um, like go back and watch the replay. It's really good. It's a lot of fun. Fun show. Different show. Uh, talked about some heavy stuff and some fun stuff too. Please share the video if you haven't already. Thank you so much, Jason Powell, for coming on. You're incredible. Steph, love you to death. Good to see you. Bonnie, Teresa, uh, Sunshine, all you guys. Brian, thank you guys so much. Have a good night. And I'm going to be on someone else's show in 10 minutes. Good night.